welcome niharika uh, in this new episode of opening up with dipansh rawal thank you so much for doing this how are you doing today thanks for having me i'm doing really well uh this is the first question that i ask all of my guests um i think you, i don't know if you have done your research but anyway uh how would a loved one introduce you Oh wow man I think I should have done my homework <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd introduce me as somebody who's um eccentric in a good way as in just always laughing or cracking jokes and uh you know like fumbling between either you're cracking jokes and completely light or like getting into really deep conversations so yeah. hopping between the two extremes has an insight that i just you know kind of caught while you were saying that whenever i ask this to anyone how would a loved one introduce you they'll always tell something about their personality that i'm this kind of a person or i'm really passionate or curious right. and stuff like that but when i ask directly you know niharika tell us something about yourself most of the time people talk about their profession I mean no I don't think that we are our professions or our feelings right like uh, we are more than that we're just people so that's how I describe myself and how would they introduce you professionally what do you do I mean my job just shifted like it's 23rd of July 23 days ago so <laughs> um I don't even have colleagues yet as such. I mean I don't think I'd ever have colleagues because like I'm a solo person business. But uh, I think potentially if somebody has to they just introduce me as this really lazy and fun writer. <laughs> I think I think fun has to be a very important element because it's what I practice every day and what I experience too often so Oh, we has definitely one of the topics that I had in mind that I wanted to discuss with you. So congratulations on being self-employed. welcome Thanks. to the club um funny enough it's been exactly a year since i became self employed wow so last year i guess around 10 15 or 11th of july that was my last working day last year wow it's been a while yeah it's yeah been it's been a, a one hell of a journey for both of us yep so uh you're right that's how i know you as well um here's a resume that i have of yours in my mind if i have to create your resume i know <laughs> niharika is someone who has been through a great fat loss journey okay and by fat loss not i don't only mean you know, like just shedding of fat but actually becoming somebody really healthy i am don't know that much personal stuff about you but from what we have discussed or what i have seen from your writing that's what i know uh, you have been a person who has traveled a lot and has some amazing instagram pictures that <laughs> somehow you archived <laughs> and i deleted uh, the account so oh okay okay and what else what else and you have been a person who has worked with amazing companies and now uh you're embracing this journey of self employment right very very well said how's this resume looks like to you because i know you, for a fact that you've been in a position where you were analyzing other people's resumes 
yeah so i have been a recruiter that's one uh, how does a resume look to me i mean uh, it looks like a journey of experiences and exploration as in um, yeah like whether it was traveling or solo traveling or you know like trying to combat my battle with um, obesity borderline obesity it wasn't ob- obesity yet or just like working in good companies and then suddenly taking a leap to quit my job it's just been experience right so it's definitely been a lot of fun there's been a lot of growth like even like you said uh, weight loss i think there's so much more to it than just weight loss because it's not easy when you're 18 19 and 20 to land up in the gym at 6:30 a.m. every day it requires you to wake up at 6 and nobody in college wants to wake up at 6 so that was like my life didn't have as much partying eating junk eating local and i'm very grateful for that because i got something much greater and uh, also like about you know working out it's been 7 years and i still wake up and work out because i just can't do without it because it doesn't just impact your body but it also impacts your mind and like you know fitness is a lifestyle eating healthy is not like a 3 month diet it's like a lifelong process yep totally uh, so i'm really curious before we move forward and discuss all these right. uh, resume points individually uh, talk to me about the fun things because i got really curious about it that you are a lazy What? and fun you are a lazy and fun writer yeah like. so yeah so the thing is i'm a very lazy person you know like ever since i've got self employed i mean i work a full totally now, relatable I'm, totally yeah, relatable i work like 3 hours a day but then i feel i get a lot done in those 3 hours as opposed to how it used to be 8 hours uh, during my work day and um, i'm still like to be honest i think i'm still figuring out time management and i'm not really good at it but i'm embracing that also because it's new right i've never been put in that situation so coming back to lazy and fun right i think i'm lazy but in an efficient way i'm so lazy that i just want to get things done and be done with it so that i can chill and then i just like that laziness becomes productivity and with a fun writer what i mean is i see a lot of times people are so worried about um money they making or the stats or metrics or rejections but i've never cared like i think after my first month i just stopped caring because i knew like it's just going to be more fun to have fun why worry about these things the only thing in my um you know in my ability like the only thing i can do is be a part of the process but i can't control the outcome i can control the process so that's what i control where where's the fun part because you mentioned that i always add that yeah so i th- yeah so i think the fun part is that i don't worry about what's going to happen i just bother up, like i just have fun in the writing process that's why it doesn't feel like work it feels like time flies by so totally understand totally relatable i do worry a little bit here and there because the mind does what it does but nonetheless uh, about being lazy totally relatable so funny enough i hired a fitness trainer like 3 uh, weeks ago and he asked me on call the manishu do you have any illnesses and i said i'm lazy said oh, like i'm lazy and sometimes if i don't push myself to get up from bed i'll stay on bed and i'll cause myself back pain so uh, that's okay. the severity of laziness but anyway um it's new whatever you're feeling for the last one month it's it's called the honeymoon period like you <laughs> have so much time in the world 
how do you no, spend but I, I, it's actually not that i have so much time but it's just that uh, i'm not yet sure how to manage it because my working hours used to be 12 to 8 so that's very different now suddenly with the lockdown opening up we're also meeting people after so many months so mm. you end up meeting them in the evening so my 12 to 8 which i'm used to like it's now become like i'm meeting somebody at 6 or i'm meeting somebody at 7 but i'm still used to work like starting work at 12 so that leaves you with very little time but at the same time you know i'm not beating myself over it i know that it's fine like we'll see july how it goes no need to rush it no need to dive into work and then we'll see august onwards like i want to take first 15 days of july off but it's only because my linkedin post went viral that i have opportunities coming in and i didn't want to say no to that you know so that's how i'm still working in july otherwise i would have like just chilled and done nothing and i was very excited to do nothing <laughs> i relate with you so much on this point so excited to do nothing that should be a a t-shirt t-shirt slogan yep so uh talk to me about this thing because i'm actually at that very point of my fitness journey uh where my bmi says that i am borderline obese uh, my bmi is 29.5 and at 30 you became obese right now i'm overweight and my journey started because of my depression and anxiety and i actually had those habits or disorder or whatever you call it of binge eating and it continued for so many years how did it start with you was it like because of some inherent medical condition or what uh, how did i become fat yeah in in simple words yes no i just became fat because i loved food and food and everybody in my family loves food and food i don't know why my pronouncing it wrong so everybody loves food we all eat a lot we really 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 love food like all of us have been my mother also used to be 107 kilos and then she lost 35 kilos oh. so yeah i don't i didn't have an issue or something but it was just that i wasn't into sports and i was into eating so it didn't get balanced out as much hmm so what changed why did you start this virus uh, are losing weight Yep. Uh, because I wanted to, as in, like you know, for many years, people used to tell my mom that you know you are into fitness, you have lost weight. Why don't you tell your daughter to do it? And she said that I have been there myself. And whenever somebody else tells you to do something, you don't do it. It feels like a punishment. It has to come from mm. within. And uh, when I was in college, I don't know what happened. Like it wasn't that I was. I had like a moment of epiphany, or I decided one day that hey, I'm going to lose twenty five kilos. but i just realized that you know you're 85 kilos and should lose 20 kilos you'll start looking better feeling better and it is just a nice thing to do but then another thing there was that i told myself i'm not going to cut down not cut down but i'm not going to compromise on food i don't want to go on a diet mm-hmm. it's very important that i enjoy losing weight than punish myself losing weight because those people lose weight and then they come back and gain weight so i so i ate chocolate i ate desserts i ate everything i wanted to but then i just had like moderation like i wouldn't munch munch on chips every day or eat fattening food every day so i just like had a balanced diet and worked out i didn't do anything like which is rocket science so here's something that you know uh, i became a life coach after listening rich litwin's some videos speeches and stuff he's a great life coach in one of his uh, youtube videos he mentioned that when we are talking about our successes how we became successful at something even 
you know at the smallest of the things a lot of times we miss out all the hardship or all the you know motivation behind it like we forget mentioning it that's why i'm you know like trying to understand because it's hard for me to believe that you were overweight and then you suddenly started waking up at 6 am and started working out but i was waking up at 6 am even before that because in school we mm. had to wake up at 6 am Mm. And so, like, there wasn't like a change in that. I was just adhering to my previous schedule. Did Did you go through some kind of body shaming and stuff? Ah, uh, no, yeah, like you know, like how people go through very serious body shaming. I don't think that happened. Like, I think um, I can't even realize if I would have no even I didn't body shame myself, and nobody else also body shamed me. like that's the thing i feel all breakthrough journeys don't need to have a devastating reason behind it you know oh, like sure, sure. um like sometimes people think to be an artist you should go through something to be a to be a poet you should go through a heartbreak to be a writer you should have like some crazy experiences in life it's not that like sometimes good things can also have no bad reasons as causes right for sure for sure definitely so uh, how long did it take it took me a, it took me like i think a year and a half because i also don't uh, i have injured ligaments since i was 15 so i couldn't run or jog so it took me longer also like twice i even injured my knee again so that put me in like two months of bed rest each time i did it so i think then it must have taken me like 18 to 24 months now i look back uh, so when you mentioned that the fitness was one thing that you know like a habit or a lifestyle you developed one of the lifestyle that i have developed over those years 18 19 20 and above was of writing i guess i started writing when i was i don't know like maybe again 18 19 somewhere around that and i don't know how to not write like if i'm an a creative rat or like for example last year i went through dengue for a 2 3 weeks or whatever mm. i couldn't write i didn't i actually didn't have any physical energy to write i felt something is missing from my life i don't know how to not write right so i totally understand that emotion um were you always spiritual and religious in nature from the very beginning i'm not religious at all in nature <laughs> okay um Yes, I am not very well informed about it, so I wouldn't make a comment about it. Uh, spiritual, yeah, always. I mean, I learned Reiki when I was eighteen years old, and I started yeah. reading The Secret and everything when I was sixteen years old, and then I did Reiki level two when I was nineteen. So I, it has always been a part of me. But it's just that you know, like that time you feel okay, now you know it. But then the next year you feel okay, now I know it. But then it's just growth, right? How do you define? Uh, how do you differentiate between spirituality and religion? Religion, spirituality is not religion. Like you're not following a particular god or customs. It's just being, according to me. So, uh, tell me if it resonates with you. How I differentiate spirituality and religion is. So, spirituality is believing in a higher power, right? God, universe, or whatever. And religion gives you certain rules to practice spirituality. so even in spirituality you don't have to believe in a higher power right like um, if you just so meditate on nature energy something bigger than yourself 
could be but then i also feel just being present and not believing in any of this is also spiritual in nature because just like mindfulness is also spirituality i see okay okay uh because i know we have talked about this manifestation and law of attraction and everything and also that you recently were exploring gabriel bernstein uh, right talk to me a few incidents where you actually saw miracles happening in your life you, mean, you should give these uh, you i think you should give these questions to me in advance so i can think of <laughs> no like whatever comes to you you know on the top of your head so um i don't know if it's i won't call it a miracle but i would uh, call it a very surprising process as in when i wanted to be a writer and i didn't have any freelance money coming in and i didn't know what will i do how will i be a writer that time even medium didn't pay me so much yeah? like just hardly mm. anything right so that time i used to when i used to wake up and i read power of the subconscious mind for i don't know the like i'm trying to read it every year so i think i was reading it when the year was ending i did like a, a read okay. power of subconscious mind and secret and all these books i just did like a refresher and then i started imagining every day when i'd wake up i'd think of just writing uh, like typing on my laptop and with like mountains and all in the background and i don't even know why mountains because i'm not a fan of mountains i've lived there for 5 years and i think they're beautiful but they don't fascinate me so yeah i would always think of that and um, i would also think that i will do this and everything will fall into place i don't know how but then i have faith that it'll fall into place and it eventually did you know like till date mm-hmm. like if somebody tells me where is your august income going to come from i have no idea but i know it's going to come it's been happening since feb i mean i yeah. was earning more than my corporate salary starting feb onwards even in feb i didn't know that where will it come from in march and april but it did so i think that is one uh talk to me about your uh, spiritual belief what do you what do you believe like in general around spirituality Uh, so i just believe in a very simple thing that we're all uh, always giving out energies right and it's not that it's my belief it's literally scientifically proven i mean if you talk badly to a plant the plant will die because that's just the power of negativity so uh, lately i've come to realize that i don't need to do big things to be spiritual i just have to mind my thoughts and mind what i speak and mind what i listen to when those three things are done a lot of things fall in place because you filter out a lot of negativity out of your life so you know like my in i was just in ninth grade so i was 12 or 13 when my english teacher said never use the word hate because it's so powerful it's so strong that it doesn't deserve it. like it doesn't uh, deserve your time and emotion and since ninth grade look at any of my old articles poems current articles i have never used that word i don't even talk about i don't even speak it mm-hmm. i don't even type it out for something casual i just haven't used it and with time i've just become more mindful about the kind of words i use and ever since i left instagram i also became more mindful that i w- i should not talk about somebody else in a negative way because why like that person is not going to be bothered by both my energies for the right so i think just these three things just filtering out what you speak you know hear be around that those things matter so that's my belief so i actually have a similar kind of story around this uh, i'm not sure if we have talked about this yet uh, i met this monk uh, tibetan buddhist monk in september last year karma yeshir abge 
and he uh, i was obviously asking him for certain advices and stuff so i mentioned him that i'm practicing non violence i am a vegan i don't you know like kill plants you know kill animals and stuff uh, for my food and uh, all that so he mentioned you are practicing non violence in actions and there are two levels beyond that so non violence in actions non violence in words and then non violence in thoughts because our thoughts becomes our words and our words becomes our actions wow i think except right? action i'm practicing the others <laughs> totally okay one step at a time so uh, he mentioned that okay uh, non violence in words would mean no sarcasm um it would mean no curse words and non violence in thoughts would mean no judgment uh, right. it would mean so you know like again no uh, attack even in your thoughts and exactly. since then for the last 10 months now i've been practicing and i'm successful 99% of the time because it's been 10 months i don't use curse words like yeah, f word b word c word to to observe something without judging it whether it's a picture it's somebody else's status somebody's situation it feels really good i mean every time you don't judge it you see how far you've come because earlier you'd see something and you'd form a judgment but those are like tiny attacks which are only self inflicted right totally and the benefit of that uh, one shift not using not saying curse words was every time now my life is you know like messy i don't say my life is effed up i say my life is messed up and and there's a lot of shift in these two sentences yeah i actually i don't even every time i think about something like oh things are not going well i actually don't think of it that way i just feel that i'm going to go through no matter what so then such thoughts are automatically trumped um what have you study uh, read from gabriel bernstein so far what I, i've read her book called super tractor and also like all these beliefs and all they were not like nobody told me or i never read in a book i think they were just a product of me reading and practicing a lot of things over the last so many years here's what i believe is happening with me i was born as a kid with every kid is born with so much purity and love and all that stuff right then our parents and society and everybody start inflicting ki ye galat ho sakta hai this could go wrong that could go wrong stuff like that right so we grow up with a lot of lot of fear based or limiting beliefs and stuff like that and what i have seen in myself is uh, since i went through depression and anxiety for the first time when i was again 19 20 or something uh, i started unlearning all that stuff and relearning what i thought i needed so all these okay. books are kind of i feel like revision material for me like at the okay. core of myself i feel i already know it but sometimes it's good as you mentioned you know like reading one book again and again like once a year stuff like that right great uh who do you feel i know one person because we have talked about is uh, about him louis house uh, apart from him who else do you feel uh, speaks or talks a lot about who you are as a person like you could relate and resonate a lot with their content nobody as good as louis house <laughs> seriously <laughs> you know i don't even i like i have tried other podcasts and um, i haven't tried joe rogan yet that is on my list but oh. i haven't tried that but apart from that 
I have heard other podcasts, but I'm yet to see something as nice as Lewis House. In fact, just today morning, I was seeing other podcasts, but then I ended up playing his episode because it's just that for the heck of variety, there's no point of choosing variety when you're already getting value. Like that should be your main aim. It's not that oh, yeah. like there are ten players, so I need to check out all those ten of them. No, if one player, if like one person is giving you all the value you want in terms of relationships or spirituality. positivity mindset success well then why bother and waste your time to check out what others are up to like time is really precious so i'm yet to have, like i'm yet to listen to podcast as invigorating as his what what did you like the most about him and his content uh just the variety of topics that he covers and i think that makes me realize that sometimes it's really good to not have a niche like it's really mm. good to not have a completely wealth driven podcast or just psychology or just health self help but a little bit of everything is really good and um, you know it's just like these really good scientists and authors psychologists neuroscientists coming on board and sharing what like in one hour you get a you know a bite sized knowledge and like a golden nugget of what they've spent decades and decades researching on i think that's really valuable mm okay and here's what's coming to my mind because you are also a content creator in one way or the other right right what's on your wish list for the next one year or five year or something <laughs> one year and five years is a lot of difference huh? like again you know like what what something that you'd want so for example uh, i guess in the next one year two years or whatever i'd want to learn baking it's one thing on my wish list also oh, like, like wish to... list outside of career or something just like a wish list whatever comes to your mind whatever comes to your mind like in career one thing is i uh, actually want to give uh, be a public speaker and give speeches in front of you know like a huge audience one at a time so anything that comes to your mind personal and professional yeah i really want to do like um i want to do a lot of things i want to live in bali for a month because i haven't like stayed um like i haven't traveled for a month yet i want to do that i want to do wine tasting again i have done it in australia but i really want to do it again i i think i didn't know as much i didn't have as much knowledge about wine then like i do right now so that's why i want to go again and do it and um, yeah like i have since many many years on my wish list is to visit the uh, concentration camps in poland so like wish list is never ending yeah never ending never ending what's something that you're working around like in your wish list that you know something that you feel is going to happen like really soon and is it okay like uh, if you talk about it because there are two school of thought so of people... for now like right like right now i mean because of the pandemic the only thing i have thought around is work because i know all these mm. things would have to take a back seat because it's just unsafe right it's not worth it so okay. nothing okay. uh that i like for these travel related experiences or something i want nothing is like coming close and i'm not going to do anything to get close to it until times are safer makes total sense i know this because you have shared it publicly as well uh, how was your covid experience how was my covid experience <laughs> so uh starting 2020 was really good i had a lot of fun you know because i love staying at home i'm not, i'm quite introverted i don't like parties i don't like going out i don't like meeting big groups of people i love when plans get cancelled like 
I squeal with joy when plans get cancelled. So yeah, so I am that kind of a person, and I loved spending time at home and eating home food. Like it was just so replenishing, and it was a huge journey of growth because, like, for the longest time, like everybody in my family was really mm. healthy, and I was just reading. Like I was really productive. It's just that when the second wave hit, my family fell ill, so everybody except my mom and I was really sick. So we had my grandmom in my house who was sick, and then we had like four people in my mom's house who was sick. So I was in my room, whereas my mom was like between two houses and sending them food or whatever. So those were some really hard few weeks, but then it's passed and we've come past it. So I'm very happy that everybody turned like everybody's doing fine now. But at that time, obviously, like I wasn't this casual. Like at that time, it was really difficult, and it was really difficult for me also to stay in my room. Like being confined to a room is very difficult. And I think, like, I'm just grateful that, um, say, like at least we have something as basic as like more than one room in the house so that people can be safe. So mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for these small things. Amazing. Uh, must be tough, but thank you so much for sharing. uh talk to me about your travels because i loved i i know that you <laughs> deleted your account and your photos and whatever i love those pictures because uh i haven't but you it. also only saw them for like i think i re- ended up reactivating that account by mistake when i went to dubai in december and that's yeah, when you ended so, up seeing them yeah so like it's not that i watched them like a lot of times but i remember going through it once because you know you yeah. texted me on instagram yeah so i haven't had a chance to travel a lot yet I was always in college right. and whatever reasons were there, but I'm planning to start traveling maybe in the next six months to a year or stuff. I want to travel. Where do you Where do you plan to go? I want to start with India. I have so the farthest I've gone through is Gurgaon. I lived there for six months. Wow. I've never been a lot of you know. Never had a chance to travel a lot. So. Uh, i would probably want to start with india but later on obviously a europe trip for sure right so i mean uh, i've never really liked traveling because uh, i have traveled quite extensively in india that's because my parents would take me and i didn't like it at all like the long car journeys and everything <laughs> i liked it when i reached there but i really didn't like the long car journeys and i have been to except like i haven't been to northeast yet but i also stayed in bangalore for 3 years so i have been to quite a few places so that's one but like um, i think i only understood what traveling really means when i traveled solo because um, yeah. it was very it's very important to be out of your comfort zone and i've always been outside my comfort zone i was in a boarding school for 5 years i was in a different city living all alone for 3 years in my undergrad then i was living abroad all alone for a year so i was always outside my comfort zone but traveling solo was one step even ahead of all of this and Honestly like it's not a really rosy experience like i know people talk about oh i'm i'm traveling or i'm going to europe but it's not as rosy as it looks because i remember you know when i was in amsterdam i was actually googling that why is travel so hyped up i was so anxious <laughs> because I, i was in a dorm with 32 people and you know my my um, bed was also next to the door so even if one person goes and comes uh, goes out mm. and comes back the doors opening like over 60 times and i was all alone and i saw so many men around me that i was damn scared yeah. like i had like this jacket with pockets in it i put my passport phone everything hugged that jacket and slept and it didn't sleep for entire night 
so that happened but then i actually ended up making friends there like i remember sitting and while i was anxious like uh, one guy started uh, like one guy came and spoke to me he was from poland then one woman from new zealand came and spoke to me and three of us were having a great time we went to the red light district we went out to a bar and we had a lot of fun so i think that's the night i slept at peace and um, there was something so thrilling about this that's why i traveled again and again for that one year that i was living in england it was easier to travel much cheaper as well because it's in europe so that's what happened and after that since i've come back whenever i travel whenever i plan a trip like my family sticks along but i hope that now that i don't i'm not confined to taking x amount of leaves i can travel with them but also alone soon mm. yes that's the point i was uh, thinking of that solo travel is in itself a unique experience yeah it's very different because it's very you know like i wrote this in one of my articles which was that when i was like me right now it actually feels like when you're about to go for a solo travel like being self employed because it's like you're very anxious but you're also very excited so that you know the mixture of feelings between and being scared so, uh, and being excited is a lot of fun yeah so anxiety and excitement your body doesn't yeah. really differentiate so it it uh, feels almost same if you are either anxious or uh, excited right yeah and another thing about traveling is like i think i find it very thrilling to be in a place where i don't know anybody where nobody knows me i don't know the language once i went to this place where i didn't even know how to pronounce the capital you know like it was it's actually lublana but it's written as l g u b l g u b l a n a and i had no idea how to pronounce it and i only went to that city because once like i was getting a cheap flight back otherwise i had no mm. plan of going there so really crazy experiences yeah like because my longest travel was for like 18 days across six countries and um, i was really missing indian food on like day 15 but i then i had very overpriced indian food but maggie saved me and um, yeah those 18 <laughs> days were a ball they were a lot of fun very challenging because it was very very cold but also fun uh this happened 2 years ago now now it's going to be 3 years oh yeah so we are also counting 2020 yeah <laughs> it exists so we have to yep i yep we have to anyway <laughs> so uh, some tips for anybody who wants to start a solo travel trip or you know somebody who's excited about solo traveling right. and where do where do they start I think start by planning first um say if you plan to do multiple countries or multiple cities or multiple cities even if it's in India like I I'm very nerdy about it I actually printed out a map and I like made my route with a pencil so that I know where I'm going you know so I think to start um obviously have a chunk of your savings and uh, have a clear estimate of how much are you going to spend there and try to like see some local blogs about the money you'll spend and also like you know we have so much information instead of following a blogger who says you'll spend x amount of the money a day but then maybe you will not actually go and just see local restaurants like if mm-hmm. you want to go to manali just check out restaurants in manali that okay this is how much a meal costs in 25 i'm going to eat five times a day so this is how much i'm going to spend do that check out the transportation and uh, i check um, like a book hostel so i've always lived in hostels so mm-hmm. book your place and yeah good to go and we even have couchsurfing these days which is uh, 
not just for to like stay in for like on somebody's couch but also to interact with people so couch surfing is also a great app which gets travelers and locals together if you're very very bored then use couch surfing and meet somebody and hang out uh, you also tried travel blogging right i mean i didn't try it i used to just put up my pictures and uh, in different places so yeah and i must have written like i think less than 5 articles about it Oh okay. okay. Yeah, because I was like doing my degree, so and I never, even in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd be a writer or something. So I never bothered even think thinking in that direction. Going in that direction is another story. Hmm, interesting. What other challenges you faced as a? Did did you had other like uh, Indians around you when you were studying abroad? Yeah, yeah. a lot okay, of so, indians a lot of pakistanis also okay and uh, what kind of uh, challenges you faced you were 22 yeah, when you went there 21 21 yeah i think food was one but then i didn't want to learn how to cook and i still don't know how to cook oh, so okay. yeah so uh, that was it wasn't a challenge but it was definitely like a difficulty the weather was a challenge because it's very cold in england and um, you know like walking a kilometer to your grocery store in the chill it's very cold i mean it's not even the kind of cold that we experience here in delhi it's a kind of cold which you feel is like piercing through your bones so that was difficult and also like things were culturally different like my classmates like we didn't have many indians in my class so they were uh, like predominantly either from china or europe mm-hmm. so yeah like culturally a huge different uh, difference but Yeah, I don't think I had like major challenges as such talk, because talk one year about, just flies by. Talk to me about that cultural differences. No, by cultural differences, I just mean that because my classmates were also much elder to me, right? A lot of okay. them were much elder to me. So, yeah, I mean there wasn't. Um, I really can't recall any great challenges because only because we were so busy. Like whether it's with your classes or your presentations. or your readings and there's just so much you have to do in business school that yeah so, uh, a lot of let me rephrase the words here let's not talk about the challenges but what was something new like a surprising thing that you saw in those culturally different scenarios yeah see i didn't interact with a lot of people so i think okay. i won't be able to answer a culturally this different this thing because i'm also quite introverted so i did not interact with a lot of people Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm a very big loner that way, in a good way. Like that's how I would prefer myself to be. So okay, makes sense. Sure, why not? Um, and talk to me about that influencer life. Why did you decide to delete your? Oh, <laughs> uh, so I didn't decide to delete it. My phone got spoiled and it got deleted. And um, so my it phone got, got spoiled, and then I no, and then I deleted the account online. because it wasn't getting fixed and i thought you know the how uh, the algorithm works i'm going to start losing followers so i'll just disable that account and uh, then for like about 8 weeks i stayed without whatsapp instagram everything and i loved it like everything was going really well you know and i was in touch with everyone it's not that i lost in touch with my friends i was in touch with everybody but my screen time used to be on some days it used to be like 15 20 minutes or something There was nothing to do on my phone. If it doesn't have any eye instant messaging or something, you don't chat. There's nothing to do if you're not texting. So 
I started having a lot of fun, and then I ultimately in November bought a phone. So that was like a good few months after July, right? So oh. even then, I thought that I am, I'm, the, I'm very happy this way. Like I realized that with Instagram, you're just seeing so much of clutter every single day. It's not required. Required. And I also read Deep Work by Cal Newport, where I realized that you know this really screws with your brain. I mean. we're all on our phones like we are not wired to see hundreds of pictures a day and when i became more mindful and because i had already started meditating a year and a half before that i figured that with these pictures came in so many thoughts so with instagram not being around it's like my head was a uh, hard drive which was freed up with of a lot of space because of not looking at these pictures forming judgments forming thoughts taking action worrying about what will you upload it just wasn't worth it and what did i get from instagram likes comments people saying they like my content people saying they like my pictures that's fine but with medium i had a greater way to make an impact and i had a deeper way to make an impact so i don't want to thrive on a visual medium but i want to thrive on like a more content based medium so i opened like a private insta account in february and you know till date i don't have instagram on my phone i i don't follow any influencer in fact who are even my friends who i follow everybody's on mute so if you open my feed you won't see anything it's blank there's no story there's nothing because i don't want to go through it again you know when you experience the good side of things why would you jump back into poison and um, yeah it's not like any of this is my opinion like when i read deep work by cal newport i was mind blown by how how interestingly the human brain works and how impacted we get and you know just because this behavior is normalized putting up stories of what you eat what you do what you wear judging people sending pictures things like that just because it's normalized doesn't mean it's the right thing to do it's like you know when you're in england if a lot of people smoke when you're on the streets everybody's smoking just because it's normalized and everybody's doing it doesn't make it the right thing to do so i really wish more people realize that because they would really untap into their potential like i untapped into mine i think if this wouldn't have happened i wouldn't have untapped into my potential uh number one i feel attacked number two i really feel that this by, is really i've never seen like i haven't oh. seen the instagram in very long okay no uh, not attacked <laughs> by you but attacked by this uh you know flow of because i actually want to think about it uh, lately i've been wondering that if my focus has been reduced because i've been spending so much time online not just instagram but also netflix and stuff <sighs> so that's a difficult conversation i need to have with myself after this call <laughs> i just read deep work that's a really boring book to be honest i like that really? idea i, I did deep I... work yeah so but Uh, so he he's an academician you know like he's an academic kind of person and his language is not catchy uh, his paragraphs really? like i don't know when I, when i when i read that book i was i i found it to be a page turner and i also read on a kindle so you know you can customize a lot of things for your reading maybe maybe so yeah. i need uh, i usually read books uh, that have smaller paragraphs crisp lines and really simple english Okay. Deep work didn't qualify to be that. I tried it, but then I read summary, and I actually worked with a coach uh, who was training to be a new coach, and she was a deep work coach. And I worked with her for one month. It actually, I, I guess, we talked about this in October last year, and 
usually my output has been one or two articles per week on medium previously in october i published 23 why did you stop writing on medium because i found linkedin and linkedin is kind of my love because it it actually uh, i enjoy writing short form a lot more than writing long form okay that was really a, a big difference so that's how uh, you know linkedin uh, i i had a lot of reach and followers on linkedin because of this very fact we started enjoying i was more into flow on writing on linkedin rather than writing on uh, medium so even okay. when i was a marketer as not a content writer i was more of a copywriter i used to write persuasive engaging kind of copy that was my uh, that's the reason i gave myself why i don't write on medium anymore anyway uh, here's something interesting that uh, i'm really curious to learn more from you uh, talk to me about energy healing or reiki or whatever you learned about that obviously not like i know you have spent yeah. so much time i mean you know i don't practice reiki like i did learn it but only i practice it very rarely like i practice it or uh, once in a few months when i think i want to balance my chakras or clean my aura or like just do like house cleaning and my surroundings but i don't mm. practice it because there's only so much you can do in a day and mm-hmm. uh, i am i already have like a 2 hour long fitness routine and i can't really add half an hour of reiki in it okay so i don't practice it and i also feel with these kind of practices you can't force yourself to learn it or practice it it has to come from within so i use it once in a while but i don't do it on somebody else even though i'm qualified to i haven't done distance healing and i just do it for my own cleansing and for my house and everything some uh, curious to learn about what is reiki how do people do it and you know what right so it's like this old um, it's like this old japanese method um i forgot who started it uh usui something or i forgot his name so anyway he started using energy and different japanese symbols to heal people okay and uh, then he healed a lot of these people you know who had ailments uh, who had illnesses and ailments and you know physical ailments okay so that's how it started uh, the only thing is that you know in um, in india we have this concept called guru dakshina but there there was nothing like that but then he realized that because he was doing it for free a lot of people start falling sick again and coming back which is why mm. reiki will always have an energy exchange that either you donate some money or you give me something things like that in order for this mm. to work so what reiki uses is just the power of the certain japanese symbols which also have power like for different things like one would be for protection one would be for physical illness and one would be for purification so use of these uh, one would be for happiness so um, use of these symbols to heal the body heal the chakras and just change the energy which you have around you in fact if you take a crystal pendulum uh, say a rose quartz and you put it on a hand which is just done reiki it's going to you know if the pendulum goes clockwise it's considered to be positive uh, positive energy and uh, anti clockwise is negative and it doesn't just go clockwise but it goes clockwise with very high energy so that's like a mm. proof of energy measurement right there okay this is new and exciting i have had a client who is into reiki but i never had a chance to explore this uh, can you go a little depth about some practices that people do like maybe just an overview uh so you can heal yourself and you can do distance healing so even within yourself like uh, 
the method goes in such a way that you like do it on your body parts from head to toe but then you also include your chakras in it because your chakras need purification there are certain blockages that we have because of whether it's our past or childhood experiences or just current um current way of thinking so reiki helps you purify that and clear those blockages okay thank you you are interesting any book around this uh, around this topic that uh, no i've never read a book around reiki and you always have to learn it from a master okay so you can never like learn it online or something because somebody has to actually physically teach you how to do reiki mm okay and they also give you guides and all to follow once you're done with the class mm. maybe this is going to be on my wish list now <laughs> anyway uh, okay so you have been writing and i know that you write amazingly well obviously i've read your thanks <laughs> thank uh, you what do you think uh, what are the changes you made in your writing that really shifted your energy from here to really here practicing actually okay i mean i've been writing for very long i've been writing since i was 7 and that's mm-hmm. nearly 18 years so i've been writing for very 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 long the form changed i mean i used to like i used to only write poetry until high school but in high school i did poetry but also some articles but i stuck to poetry and i was also like in the editorial team and everything and um after that it was like having a passion blog then it was having instagram there was gora so i've never really stopped writing i've always written but it's just that um yeah so i think it's like the only thing that changed was i suddenly wasn't doing it for just passion anymore i was doing it to mm. test limits that okay i'm going to continue having a lot of fun and i'm going to learn and uh, you know execute those learnings like whether i'm like whether i'm using a timer to write you know that's one way to go about it or i'm like reading about or i'm going to write about something entirely different that i'm unfamiliar about i was just testing my limits and for four months i've been writing more than 20 articles every month and um, yeah like the only way i've been doing that is with practice like i don't spend a lot of time on it you know it's like hardly one hour every mm-hmm. day on weekdays so if your writing is 18 year old it if it would be a person it would be adult already <laughs> yeah uh, talk to me about your writing process like uh, how do you go about it you got an idea and it's executed tell me in uh, so so i have this database of ideas uh, because i do write like say 10 ideas every day and i also miss a lot of days so it's not like i'm very religious about it but i have it and um, I don't plan what to write you know like I have no idea what I'm going to write today I'm going to think about it after this call but so after that idea I create an outline just basic headings and bullet points as to what will I include and this doesn't really sometimes I don't even look at that while writing but what it does help me with is clear my head as to what will I write about and after that I start writing and uh, I try to finish my articles under like 1 hour I mean even one hour it only takes because I have like a really bad typing posture like I type with my wrists in the air with two fingers so I have a really bad posture like I, I need to take an on I don't know I just can't like you know my wrists is like it's actually started hurting because I have just have a very bad posture I'm going to start taking that typing thing online you know those tests and also I have to start practicing it I don't type with all my fingers I type with like one or two fingers so that's why it takes me so long otherwise I try to like finish it within 40 minutes 
and then I forget about that article. I look at it the next morning, and that's when I edit it. I first edit it on my laptop, and then I edit it on my phone because I believe that most people are reading on the phone, so I want to make it phone friendly, and that's my writing process. Hmm, interesting. Obviously, you are on a break for the last two weeks. Break as in, you know, like really right. doing so less of a work. Um, give me a moment. So one thing, as you mentioned, is the practice, doing a lot of writing, obviously, right. Second thing, as you mentioned, like creating a process where you have some ideas stored in, you know, in your journal or somewhere, keeping a track of it and outlining a little bit and stuff. In the writing itself, what are the elements you think have helped you become a better writer? Um, that less is more. Remove commas, make sentences instead of one long sentence, and cut down as much as possible. Don't repeat yourself. Don't make it about yourself. Uh, refrain from things writing. I believe or I think because you are writing it. So I think your audience already knows this is what you think or you believe, right? and uh, re- remove everything that's repetitive even if it's at the top and bottom and just make it really simple like just make it super super simple and that's going to work you and it's actually a... harder to make it simple yep true uh, you're also an editor you know for the publication in fitness and in, in fitness health, right? and in health yeah and and soulful actually so Two of okay. my uh, writing colleagues, uh, Shivendra Mishra and David, uh, three of us have started a spirituality okay. publication where only three of us post once a week, okay. and we also have auto curation, so that's pretty cool. Wow! Congrats! I'm, I'm like missing a lot of things on Medium. Not really active there. Uh, so, do you enjoy being an editor? Yeah, like we're only posting our things, and even in fitness and in health, like my um co-editor Scott takes care of the publishing. So yeah, but I I enjoy being an editor, like but because on medium I'm not really doing anything, so I enjoy it. But otherwise, when I do freelance gigs, I still enjoy it. Like I I remember you have like crazy good English. Like, I know. You know I, yeah. mm-hmm. What? I really enjoy all parts of the writing process very thoroughly. Like I don't find anything to be painful, whether it's the writing process, ideating, cutting down, editing. Like the only reason I do it is because I enjoy. Otherwise, I would never do it. Because this is not something the society has constructed for me that I have to do it. Right? It's something I've taken for yep. myself. Makes total sense. And. Uh... Have you found yourself reading more books over the year or fewer books? Same, and I never bother about the quantity of the books that I've read. I read like over thirty books last year, and I don't know if I, I'm on book number twenty something for this year. But I don't have a goal that I want to complete uh, X amount of books in um, August or in July or any month. because what's the point like what's the point of pressurizing yourself and reading the entire point is that you have fun what if i just speed read through it to complete a quantity the only person who's going to suffer is me right so just to tell to the world that you're reading 20 books a year but then you're not even like enjoying or you're just pressurizing yourself that's not fun i would say might as well read 3 books a year but read it thoroughly and enjoy every time you read it do you finish all the books you read yeah unless like there's something really really boring and i can't make it through the first 50 pages 
and then i know if it, i've read 50 pages and i can't read after this then i don't read it mm okay and how do you pick a book i have a wish list on amazon so sometimes ah. things get added because i'm at the airport and i'm seeing something or um, i'm on i'm in a book um, like i'm in a library or i'm you know in a book um, what do you call it a bookshop bookstore so yeah, yeah bookstore or like other people's <laughs> recommendations so i just add all of it to wish list okay okay uh, i i have seen myself reading actually buying more and more books but reading fewer and fewer over the years and my philosophy okay. behind it is number one i don't want to finish any book unless i want to like i don't need to finish any book unless i want to there are certain books that i definitely would want to finish and i want to read them again otherwise most of the times what i do is my philosophy is i would pick up a book i'll check it out i'll read you know one chapter two chapter and i'll pick up one thing that i can apply from it then okay. i'll apply it and if i feel good about it i'll go back and i'll read more about okay and then there are certain books you know like mindful to mindful or uh, a book of kindness by om swami and they are just filled with good feel good kind of stories like gorgopal das talks a lot about feel good kind of stories right uh, mm-hmm. when you read that book you have basically no agenda you just want to feel good and that's totally okay but otherwise that's been my theory and i've seen a lot of people because i used to be a book reviewer that's how i started my journey i've been a book reviewer book critic now people are bookstagrammers kind of as well right so i used to be that person 4 years 5 years ago i that's why i have a lot of people in my circle who are hardcore book readers and book reviewers and they count all the books they read i'm like i don't think i can ever do that but you also don't finish it so then how do you count <laughs> exactly exactly you know like i, I don't yeah. even want to finish every book because 80 90% of self help is like almost the same thing over and over again like a lot of books that are written today could only be a good blog post yeah maybe i mean i don't know because i finish everything i read like i and i do it because i enjoy while i do it and also because like i do learn from it and um, i feel the base concept of a book is similar but then it's mm-hmm. always the depth which matters right and when that yep. that depth is applied to different topics some people can find it boring but then some people actually have takeaways from those uh, intricacies exactly exactly so uh, i have read the books of gabriel bernstein i guess three or four in the last one year and i've read cover to cover at least once because they made me you know like sit back and actually read them from cover to cover okay but, uh, so what are you reading these days i'm reading never split the difference it's about negotiation, negotiation. and it's yeah is written by this a former fbi agent who was in crisis management and negotiation it's really good it's really really good and the thing is they're not really teaching you but he's actually talking about his own personal experiences and how they negotiated and you know came out of it and then from that incident what is a le- uh, what is a lesson that you can take away mm. uh, and, and i only the... started it 2 days ago okay really recent uh, what's been the most influential books of y- your life that you have read so far 
I think uh, Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins really it really changed my life. I mean, I think anybody who thinks that they're out of place or they want to do something more or they want to do something different, just read it. Like right now, I'm very different from how I was a year ago. Right now, I don't have self doubt, and I'm very happy to say that you know that. I just don't second guess myself, and I don't care about how it's going to be perceived or what others think. I've become very fearless. And a year ago, I used to think a lot about, "Would oh, this will go wrong, or that'll go wrong, or what others think?" But now I don't have self doubt. And since, and it's that book which made me this way. And since I've combat that, I've done really good things. I mean, you know, he really destroys your belief system. It's like if you're reading that book. you can't you just can't have negative belief systems because he will destroy it chapter by chapter and he really destroyed mine mm. so i mean it's a life changer like i don't i think like what i say will be an understatement to how great that book is and that too it's not aimed at one thing it's aimed around your life whether it's your work or wealth relationships body language public speaking thinking mindsets it has everything sounds good i want to check that book now so uh, another good thing that i started uh, about books like i guess a year ago uh, any book that's around 5 600 or whatever you know like less than 10 dollars or something uh, i'll not you know think twice before buying it because if i have it on my shelf i'll probably read one chapter of it if i read one chapter of it and i apply it and i get something good out of it it's a lot more you know worth than what i spent yeah i yeah absolutely books are an investment i've i've never bothered about price i mean also because i have a kindle so if a book is very very expensive like sometimes a book is like 500 in real but then on kindle it's for like 75 or 150 then obviously i'd buy it on kindle do you prefer kindle over paperback I'm very so I have both, like I read both, but I'm very happy with both. I don't think that oh paperbacks are better or Kindles better. Like you just have to read, and we're anyway on our phones and laptops all day. So I really enjoy reading on the Kindle as well. I don't believe any one of them is better, but it's you know like more of a question of like what do you prefer? I bought a Kindle I guess three four years ago. I. tried reading it for a month then i gifted it to my sister i'm like just take it really? <laughs> i can't do it okay. I, i need to actually you know like underline make notes and i do that kind of stuff with my book yes yeah so i don't do any of that like my books are completely clean i don't Perfect. do anything <laughs> thank you so much niharika for sharing whatever you shared i see so when i talked to you about your resume i was so curious and excited to get on this call with you because i've seen myself doing so many different things then when i saw when then when i see your resume i see how you have been involved in so many different things right uh here's something that i feel is really really necessary for a lot of people right now a lot of people are finding it hard to get a job at this time and you have been uh, in a place of recruitment right what can they do whoever is finding it hard so obviously one thing is to upskill and you know start a side hustle we'll talk about that as well but let's say somebody wants to get a job how can they go about it 
I think um, one important thing is that customizing your resume and cover letter is very important instead of having one resume and sending it to 150 places. Okay. Think about five or 10 places you want to get into. Look at the job description. See, and the trick about customizing your resume is always that you want to be the best fitment, right? So what mm. is it that they want? And with those three points, ABC, what is it that you offer correlated to those points? And work your resume in a way so that you mention those things because then they will see the direct fitment. And then like go to job uh, job description number two and see that what are the three points that they absolutely want in somebody and demonstrate that you've done that. Mention your, ex no, don't just mention you have, like you can do this. But also mention about like, I have done this project where I, you know, increased whatever by X amount of percentage, anything. So customizing resumes is important because, because like uh, when you apply to like with one resume to 150 places, people know that this is not tailored for them. Mm. And you are more likely to at least get a phone call when it's tailored for them. Okay. And again, I don't have a personal experience with this, but I've seen it on LinkedIn that a lot of people are complaining that companies are kind of, a lot of companies, not all obviously, are taking advantage of this pandemic to not offer good self. You know, I actually don't know how much of it is true. Like I was in a company throughout the pandemic. Fine, we were very lucky that we did not get, uh, we nobody got laid off. We did not get a cut. We did get our appraisals. We got our bonuses. So I was very grateful to be in such a company. But I never heard of things like um, uh, that, you know, people are getting, and we were hiring also. We were hiring a lot of people because we needed people. It did freeze for a while, but we were hiring till very recently. And I wasn't in recruitments there, but I've never internally heard of anything like this. And also the thing about LinkedIn is people put up a lot of things. There are a lot of people who put up things like, uh, you know, I need a job and I'm suffering and things like that. But then people have called them out that this person is fake. So people do crazy things. And I think just because you read something from somewhere doesn't mean it's true. It may be true and that's sad. And, um, but I don't know how much of it is true because I've seen my friends getting really good jobs, negotiating for salaries, just like how they would outside of the pandemic. So I don't know how much of it is true. And if oh. it is true, if it's happening, then go to a different company. It's just that. So I'll tell you about this because I have a friend of mine. Okay. A really close friend. I don't want to obviously reveal the identity. Uh, he's an amazing marketer amazing he has delivered crazy results uh, for some reason he has to shift back to you know this chandigarh uh, from mumbai so you know or delhi or wherever because he has worked at multiple places uh, so geographically he couldn't get a really great company okay obviously the you know uh, employment opportunities are so better in delhi mumbai or you know bangalore right so he told me, Dipanshu, before this year, wherever I have applied, so I used to apply only at one or two places, but wherever I have applied, I've gotten into that company with a good package and stuff. But this time he's finding it hard. So that's why, you know, like I have this, not really a deeply personal, but I know someone right. who's going through this. I think one thing they could do is apply for a remote job because a lot of companies are hiring remote workers so he can stay at his preferred geographical location. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, 
all right all right and do you think like publishing those posts on linkedin would help anyone getting a job what posts like i want a job i need a job and stuff like that yeah definitely i think people are helpful at this time in fact one of my friends he was in bite dance and you know they laid off a lot of people because the government banned them he actually created a spreadsheet so that his fellow colleagues can put up their resumes email ids numbers linkedin profiles just to create a database that guys like i have really cool colleagues please hire them and that spreadsheet helped a lot of people mm. that makes sense yes and let's talk about the other side of this like you know you let's say you're not laid off or even if you're laid yes. off you have certain savings for one two months or stuff like that um and you want to create a side business or something like that and i know that you have an experience of creating a side business mm-hmm. from scratch and successfully being self employed taking the yeah man space. like so far very grateful so i think it's very important for everybody to have a side hustle even when they're doing the full time job and the biggest importance is not financial like even till today when medium pays me money every time my article makes money or when i'm getting a monthly payout every single month i'm in all that wait like people are actually reading what i'm writing yeah must be a, like thoda thoda it must be nice that if people like it but i don't see that oh like i earned this much last month utna to i need to earn as a base i don't feel that way like every time i'm in all that it's writing it's working one hour a day which is getting me money or even with freelance gigs like i never even knew you could make a money writing so writing was very secondary and even today if medium starts paying me five times of what i'm making but if i have to really slog and you know not have as much fun as i do right now then i'm not going to do it so i think you don't have a side hustle to create money that's a by product be so good at it that it makes you money but the benefits of a side hustle are very different i think one of the benefits is that it's very important um so scientifically it's very important that your brain is always engaged in doing something difficult mm-hmm. and uh, during my full time job it was writing because it was difficult taking out time before and after work was difficult doing a freelance gig for like a fintech startup based in australia was difficult because i didn't know about it when you're doing difficult things like when you're doing things which challenge your brain you're going to be good at even your main hustle right you're going to not yeah. only get better at your side hustle but also be good at your main hustle so this is actually proven in a book called grit by angela duckworth that you always have to do one hard thing that hard thing can be anything it can be yoga it can be learning an instrument it can be learning a language but it's something that needs to push your boundaries and that'll do good to you in different spheres in life another benefit of having a side hustle is that it it's good to do things which bring you joy because suddenly i think we're in the system where um people just don't live as joyful lives nobody has hobbies nobody has a passion most of the people don't even exercise and they're not to be blamed because they don't have the time when i used to go yeah. to office a lot of my like i was lucky that i live in a place that my office was 6 minutes away you know so i was really lucky but i know a lot of people travel one and a half hour just one way and that yeah. is that is mentally also very exhausting so i don't blame them but like the only way to do something that you will work a little say 3 hours a week on weekends also is when you do something that's enjoyable and i think the second reason you do side hustle is because you will enjoy it 
okay and i think see there's a third reason is that you're going to get better and you won't even imagine how much better you'd become like i never never in my wildest dreams did i imagine that i'm going to be doing the project that i'm doing that i'm going to be getting paid the amount that i am i never even thought that's possible so having a side hustle really helps you break that glass ceiling you know and um, just because like becoming better at what excites you is a great feeling because you're not competing but you're also getting better and you can see that growth i think mm-hmm. another reason of a side hustle that you should do it is because of the people that it connects you with i have come in contact with people i've never even met in my life and there are yeah. some people i have to talk to at least once a week and i've never even met them i don't even know how tall they are how do they look in real life you know because we all look different in pictures i have no idea and um, i have spoken to like editors of publications i've spoken to a lot of random people who just selflessly helped me and i think in the beginning like you were the first one like you were how it started because i was very apprehensive about talking to people but then you just gave a very safe space and you were very willing to help without expecting anything in return and what that did was create a ripple effect where i helped somebody without expecting anything in return and you know even since i got on twitter like i've had some really good dms i've spoken to some really cool people so just connecting to these people who have your back who will help you selflessly who don't want anything in return and who just make a rainy day brighter like i think that's the largest benefit like i would not lose that for anything and um, you know i'm actually getting an ebook together for those who want to pursue a side hustle because um, i just think it's important and i think i actually took a link i actually started a linkedin poll and a few hundred people like i think about 5 600 people voted and 37% of them said that we want to start a side hustle but don't know how to so i hope that ebook helps bridging the gap between the two it's going to be free so i really just hope it's of any help you know sure uh- and it's funny that you mentioned about that you know helping selflessly or serving somebody i'm, I'm glad i don't even and, know that and it's a ripple ripple effect like you didn't even know that it's yeah. impacted me in a way that i want to do it to somebody else and probably 100%. when i did that they must have done the same thing for somebody else so like kindness really does create a ripple effect a lot and uh, talking about when you network with a lot of people so i'll tell you uh, because i also know you are from kora uh, when did you start using it it was sometime in my undergrad must be 2015 or 16 so i started in 2015 anangsha was writing in i guess 2014 and i remember i read her name because all she was already famous back then in ankora i read her name and i was writing my first novel back then which was somehow so stupid and i deleted it anyway uh, so i wrote the name of my character as anangsha in the book so oh. i loved her name and i idolized her like she is such a great writer and stuff and one and a half years ago uh, she needed some help i don't remember what kind of help uh, and through some common friend uh, he asked me will you talk to her like she needs this, this kind of help and i got on a call with her and said i, I don't believe that i'm talking to you and <laughs> we are best friends now <laughs> one and a half years later and i met so many people that i couldn't even imagine you know like i'm i'm on a call with you right now like i'm talking to you like you are a real person you are talking to me only like i'm getting 100% of your attention so you know tony stubble by coach tony right right uh, i did my certification from coach taught me in november december i gave on that flat 
platform in October, I guess. I discovered that. Uh, he's the owner of Better Human, Better Publications, Better Marketing and stuff. So he is, he has created so many stuff that I use every single day. And he announced that, you know, like he's doing this office art and stuff, like free meetings and stuff. And I got on a call with him and there was nobody else. And it was just him and me. And I was like, I'm such a fanboy. Like I, I stopped, like, I don't know what to talk about. Like I, I showed him my gratitude list. Like today I wrote your name in my gratitude list. Like, thank you so much for doing whatever you're doing. And six months down the line, I sat with him for two hours and had this kind of an interview. It was so good. He called me his peer. Like he said, we are peers now. So this, this networking thing, I couldn't imagine I'll be talking to these people. Right. And also that there's actually a lot of goodness in the world. There are a lot of people who just who want you to do good and they're good with you doing good, you know. I think, um, yeah, like, and connecting with those kind of people, I think it's a great place to be in. Like, even, say, um, Jordan, who's the editor of Mind Cafe on Medium. I mean, he's really nice to speak to and I understand how busy he must be. And he's really nice to speak to. And same with Amardeep. Like, when I was new on Medium, I bombarded him with questions. But then I realized that, oh, wait, he's the editor of a major publication. I stopped bothering him. And like last week, we were on like an hour. Like our call was for one hour. But then we were just chatting for an hour and a half. And yeah, like people are really good. Yep. So, yep. Uh, so talk to me about the Medium journey. How did you start? How did you grow in that? And I believe Medium has a lot to do with your self-employment. Yeah, I think it does. Um, Medium has been a very, I don't know, it's been a very unreal journey. You know, sometimes something is too good to be true and you just feel that, oh my God, like how is this happening? And yep. then that also sort of creates this, is this going to keep happening? What if it goes? But um, it's been a really great place to be in because it's really improved me as a writer. I feel all this while, I was the only person um, writing and I wasn't like, I didn't have uh, fellow peers who were writers and I didn't like read a lot of writers. But only when I saw that, when when I saw really good writers, I thought that I need to up my game big time. So mm. Medium really helped me improve my craft. And also I always want to be in good publications and I always have, you know, since at least like since the last four months that I've been publishing 20 plus articles, They've either just been in like Mind Cafe or Started Up, Curious, all really good publications. Postgrad Survival Guide is like one of my favorite places to publish on. And they yeah. rejected me for like first four or five months. Nothing got accepted. So uh, it really improved me as a writer. It really got me closer to really good writers. And um, like, I think I became a better thinker because I became serious about writing. Because, you know, like I said, when I create an outline of that article, it doesn't describe the article's flow, but it clears my head as to the thought that I have. How can that thought, that, how can that thought be broken down into chunks of paragraphs? How can those paragraphs have really, really important points that the other person takes value? So I think um, that is how Medium really changed my thought process and made me a clearer thinker. And as a writer, I think I found a perfect gateway to, you know, give value, but without the pressure of Instagram, algorithm, picture, editing, how I look, how my hair is, how my skin is, without all of that 
absolute bullshit. Totally. Okay. So, here's uh, something that I want to ask. You know, on the same topic, you mentioned one thing that it definitely helped you up your game in writing, right? Level up your writing. How exactly did it help you in becoming self-employed? So medium. So actually, uh, I don't. I think it helped me become self-employed because of the confidence and the catalog it gave mm. me. But I've never used medium financially for anything at all. Like that money is something I've never even seen because of other reasons. So yeah, like uh, I think medium just gave me that confidence and security, and that's helped me get freelance gigs. And I think it was just mainly my belief and confidence. That's why Medium helped me because I never knew I'm good until I started getting into great publications. Until a lot of people started liking what I read. Like there's an article, and in a week it got like twenty five thousand views. So I was like, okay, cool. Like this is pretty great, and also gives me the platform to you know write about different things, absolutely different things which I've never written about. and um, yeah so i think when it comes to self employment it wasn't a financial help it gave me it gave me a financial security but not financial help because i've never used that money but it definitely gave me a lot of confidence and it gave me a catalog of pieces to show to potential clients that hey like this is what i've done mm makes total sense great um, and if anyone would want to get in touch with you how can they do that I think LinkedIn or email is a good place to get in touch. Okay, all right. Uh, plus, I know that I'm not a really regular reader of your newsletter, but I check them every once in a while. They land up in my inbox, so I don't delete them right away because I have a faith that someday I'll read it, and then I read it like every, I guess. Yeah, even I, so. I read all the newsletters like one day a week. Like I keep getting them, hmm. but then I'll just have that one day, and I'm gonna read. all of them then because like it's a lot of them are by my friends so i want to support as well and they're actually nice like they do give value so yep totally so what i'm going to do is whoever is watching and listening i'm going to put a the link in the description and niharika is a really nice person as you have seen <laughs> um anything you need help with around this topics you can ask them in the comments reach out to me reach out to niharika and we'll see the best way we can help you out and i only send one mail a week so you would not be spammed i say the same thing in my you know email list yeah. that, you know when you subscribe to it uh, i don't spam my email list and so also even like if i the send, side hustle yeah. right the side hustle ebook idea actually came from the newsletter because um, a lot of it like the linkedin poll came afterwards but when i told people that i have become self employed a lot of people message me that i want to do this or i want to have a side hustle yeah. and then in the next newsletter i announced that you know i'm going to get something together to help you guys so the newsletter people would be the first ones to know when that ebook is out do you want to be a like kind of a business coach or something do you i don't want to be a coach at all <laughs> i don't want to be a coach sure sure uh all right then thank you so much for being here Thank you so much for showing up. Thanks for having, having this me. Most welcome. And who is watching and listening, I uh, will see you in the next episode. Bye bye.